0: Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be inspired, informed and influenced. I'm Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I'm extremely excited to have with us Marg Murray, who is the co-manager and the Building Bridge Coordinator for the Canadian Mental Health Association in Halifax, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Welcome, Marg. It's so great
1: to have you here. Oh, thank you, Jen. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Well, you know, this time of Well, in in society today, but particularly for 2020, there has been a lot of talk around mental health. And yes. I think that it's, it's an extraordinary topic, and it's something that I, I'm so glad that people are actually starting to talk about it. And yes. you've certainly been an advocate for mental health for many years. Many years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but before we get into that, can you give us a little bit of background about who you are, where you came from, and kind of you know, what led you to decide to work in the mental health industry?
1: Well, it's it was kind of a bit of an interesting journey. I, I think I've said in my bio that uh, when I started with CMHA, Halifax was before we joined the Dartmouth branch to became one large branch. But uh, I, when they hired me, I committed to stay three years and stayed 30. So that's <laughs> uh, kind of my intro. But um, I actually didn't start out intending to work in In mental health, although I always volunteered in that area, and in university I did I volunteered at a helpline. I uh, just for many reasons, some personal I just had decided that wouldn't be my career so it's it's rather ironic that I've ended up working in a community mental health agency for all of these years. When you look back
0: on on you know your your childhood and growing up you know did you what kind of things happened that kind of led you to even to volunteer because I think our audience really loves to get to know a little bit about you know who Marg is. Yes
1: yes and as I said how did you end up there? (laughs) And as I said to you before we did this interview I don't always end up talking about myself because I'm usually talking about the passion of of right. uh, you know mental health improving mental health care and uh uh advocating for the social determinants of health uh but yes i grew up well i grew up in new brunswick in a small community uh in my family um you know there wasn't the stigma of talking about mental illness because there was mental illness in my family and uh you can imagine uh growing up in the 60s and the 70s uh they there, there really wasn't in retrospect, I I don't think there was as you know, the care wasn't there that should have been at the time. Right. Um, you know, I don't talk too extensively about that, but I've I've had a loved ones who've we we were all on that mental health continuum. I've coped with my own issues with anxiety and uh shyness and other things in years gone past. But I Um, I had a loved one who did experience quite a severe mental illness when I was uh, young and I think that that did influence me to some degree uh, to think to know to see how important uh, community and love of family is and uh, no matter what we support each other you know through the tough times Uh, but uh, it may have clouded initially this is what's so interesting you may have clouded my judgment about how at the time the the mental health services work you know worked at that this is many years ago we're talking you know 40 years i'm in my early 60s so um i think it's i think that that's really important though because i can remember as a kid yes you know
0: i mean being you didn't talk about that kind of stuff at yes. all and it yes. was hidden. And, and yes. that's that's where I think it's really intriguing and very important to recognize, you know, how much as a society that we've expanded. We've, we've
1: certainly progressed. That's right. right? And, and certainly um, I was fortunate uh, to be in, um, although people self-stigmatize, you know, we all self-stigmatize. Yes, absolutely. And my loved one did, and I'm sure I did when I went through things myself, uh, but I was so blessed to grow up in a family, I mean, in a wider community, there might be more stigma, but which was very open minded and uh, very, um, uh, you know, my mother just was extremely open minded and supported loved ones all through her life, you know, uh, she, I just, I, 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 the longer I work here, it's Canadian Mental Health, Halifax, Dartmouth branch, the more I realize how I I didn't even realize when I first started here how fortunate I was to grow up in a family that didn't judge that didn't make people feel less than uh, that accepted people for who they were and uh, that's uh, but still in addition to that we need you know the best care the best services um out there in the community so i i i think that as i was you say growing up whenever i had struggles of my own i would just think well you know i have to be resilient i have to deal with this i you know th- that's only for the most severe and uh i uh and, and also being at the time very shy which people find that hard to believe when they talk to me now <laughs> I, I was like well academically i think I'll pursue something you know in research or working behind the scenes and uh um you know headed out to initially in political science and and history and uh then was going to go on and do a, a master's in political science but felt that you know that it was the economy was such that i did a business degree in a condensed period of time like four years and two and and uh but 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 I always wanted to help people. Like I didn't. I had many friends who were going on. You know, to be educators or psychologists, or and I, but I wanted to do it more in community, and I had a strong sense of social justice, which is why I certainly uh, wanted to pursue the political science uh, side of things. Uh, but then for practical reasons did the business degree which has served me well because now I do most of the business side (laughs) of the organization Uh, so um, that but say in university I would I did I volunteered to helpline mainly because I know I already knew through my own life experience how um, no matter how good things are no matter if you have a decent job or or if you, uh, you know, you're not uh, struggling in other areas, if you're lonely and isolated, so sorry, so just get, people don't realize that I'm doing an interview here in my office. Um, if you're lonely and isolated and you're not feeling part of your community, that's um, it, it, that's almost as detrimental as not being able to find, let's say the right medication. So that's, I would help out in that way and also try to address some of the systemic issues like, you know, in my, in my life and when I, I left university and we ended up moving here. You know, I worked in an organization where there were, at the YWCA, where there were a lot of issues that you could get involved with women's issues and advocating, you know, about poverty and things like that. So much more in the general advocacy role, right? but I also coordinated a lot of volunteers and always saw the person, not the illness. And when this job came up many years ago, over 30 years ago, which was mainly uh, running the Building Bridges program, looking at, you know, trying to recruit volunteers, trying to recruit people who would not see an illness, but would see the person with my work in social justice and my, uh, you know, interest in uh, mental health and dealing with people where they're at, I think that's, you know, and at that time, having a healthy cynicism about the mental health system probably didn't hurt me getting the job. But over the years, (laughs) over the years, what I have learned, I work so collaboratively with the professional mental health system and uh, taking courses myself have gained, you know, and and in my work here, learned that really it's the chronic underfunding of mental health and addictions care that has resulted in, uh, you know, things not always, uh, you know, not to say, I mean, in every profession, there's going to be people who are not the Absolutely. best lit. <laughs> However, oh I have been here now over 30 years and collaborate, trying to put the person in the center and making sure they have the right services. And uh, um, I have become a strong advocate for, um having you know the right care and services on the mental health care continuum putting the person in the center of that and raising um mental health and addictions care up from the sad and sorry seven percent it is of the health budgets in each province so it's been a journey you know it's been a journey but ultimately yeah it's a continuing journey that's right and and I also as I said talked about the benefits I've learned here how many people you know sometimes don't have the benefit of having open-minded people in their families uh, where there's still stigma <laughs> also where people are living have because of their severe illness learning about all those continuum of mental illness and the difference between mental illness and mental health and how much further we still have to go but I guess I've oh come gosh. Pretty, yes I've really become um I've, I've changed so much in how i view, Let's say the mental health system, how I view uh, what we need to make us mentally healthy and physically healthy, but um you know how it's all there's so many factors that come together to, to help us go forward. And how it's probably it, it's yes. probably
0: one of the most complex it is complex, issues. and yes. and it's there's no easy one fit all, and it's just it's always evolving and even I think to get people to even acknowledge and recognize in themselves that there could be there could be something yes
1: and it's so difficult and it's uh it's scary for people if if say you know in some in some cases people are struggling with the day-to-day living which is challenging no matter who you are you know we all live with mental health but not everyone is living with a mental illness or severe mental health problems and it's it's i mean if we could get to the point where Uh, there was enough uh, uh, adequate help for even for assessments so that people got really great assessments so they would know do they need specialized care you know do they need in addition to the other things out there you know do they need specialized uh psychiatric care or do can they be followed by you know a gp with other working on mental wellness with with people like life coaches and other other people i mean it really uh i think that it is so complex and we still kind of lump it all together and that's like we lump mental health and mental illness together as if it's interchangeable which they are right. two distinct they are two distinct things right. as physical and I health think and physical illness
0: I think that that's a critical thing for people to understand because still even though we're getting better as a society to talk about mental illness and to talk about these things there still is that component of what is yes. the difference? And I think that when we come yes, back. Yes, I from,
1: agree
0: 100%. We're going to have a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen and welcome back, Mark. Thanks. Now, just before break, you, you gave some really great information about mental illness and and the the differentiation between people who have some meant to have mental illness and are have some other challenges and yes. can you talk can you talk a little bit about that because i want i want our audience to gain yes. a little bit more understanding about that
1: Yes, well, it's something, you know, that we talk about uh, actually throughout the year at Canadian Mental Health and other partner organizations uh, because as you may know, for example, we just finished uh, Mental Illness Awareness Week, which was a few weeks ago, uh, that is supported by a wide range of uh, mental health organizations, including uh, 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 Psychiatric Association of Canada. Uh, But we also have in the spring, which is something that Canadian Mental Health Association actually started over 60 years ago, Mental Health Week. And you know, during Mental Health Week, that's 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 for everyone that's we all need to work on our mental health i mean what you're doing james absolutely find your sparkle find your sparkle i mean we all need to look at our resilience and and uh how we can work on our well-being and uh you know be more accepting of ourselves which is so important for all of our mental health which is going to be one of the toughest ones and then there's i know that uh that adoles- the uh, the adolescent mental health uh, psychiatrist who's now a senator dr stan Cooch he's always saying too which we all need to he's always saying what's good for your bicep is good for your brain you know we have to talk and which i'm trying to work on more but we're having we have to talk about the interconnectedness you know of mental health and physical health that's so important and, and you know when we talk about it so much more sometimes people say to me uh you know and we're so fortunate to have campaigns like Bell let's talk and you know mm-hmm. other things mental health commission our own national cmha and others you know doing so much but we've somehow still kind of kept it all as one big (laughs) one big topic physical health and physical illness like if you said to somebody you know uh the, the physical illness and physical health are the same thing they would never ever think that that was the case right so I think that you know think about that it's just um you know and if someone's living with let's say um that uh, they have uh, type 1 diabetes, you know, you, you wouldn't say, oh, well, you don't even need your, uh, you know, your insulin. Think hard and uh, diet. And, and I mean, you know, it's, and that does work for certain types of, you know, your, with sugars, but we have to all, to be supportive of all the people we love who may be living with a mental illness, particularly moderate to severe. And uh, there are many people, you know, who have their lived experience with, you know, perhaps yeah. we all experience mental health. And many of us have coped with something that could be described as a mental health problem or a moderate mental illness. But matter of fact, they say 50% of us will experience some type of mental illness or a mental health problem in our lifetime. Sense? Yes, it does. Exactly. However, where we have to now that we have become much more accepting, we have to also educate ourselves, particularly to my mind, about where and this is a lot of the people who may access who access our services for social support um, and uh, trying to reduce isolation, for individuals who have ended up in very difficult circumstances and who are also living with uh moderate to severe mental illness or mental health problems. Can you
0: can you talk a little bit about? the moderate to mental, to severe, what, what does that gradient look like? And yes. can you give some
1: examples? So that would be like, if someone was having, I mean, you can be mentally, you can live with a mental illness and be mentally healthy. That is, right. and I'm not here in any clinical way. We work collaboratively, you know, with the clinicians, but it's, you can, that's the one thing I want to say right up front. And we all yeah. have to remember that's probably perhaps the most important thing. You can live with a mental illness and be mentally healthy. Like yes. our vision for our Canadian Mental Health Association across the country, even though we're a decentralized organization and our branch funds itself and mainly, uh, you know, with, with brands and things and mainly works on social support, we all share one common vision with Canadian Mental Health Association, which has been around over a hundred years. And it's, this is what we want. Mentally healthy people in a healthy society. Yeah, that doesn't eliminate mental illness. No. That just uh-huh. says that we're all striving to be mentally healthy. But just for that gradient, mm-hmm. it would be if someone... Let's say with severe and trying to uh, work on recovery, um, perhaps at currently, uh, you know, perhaps is having struggling just living day to day, struggling with, uh, you know, getting up, getting out of bed. I mean, and not everyone. And there are many people who are living with a mental illness who can't maybe currently work but are contributing so much out there in our world you know and that's what we talk about a healthy society but yes can't get out of bed uh doing well uh you know that is an accomplishment to get out of bed you know and to get dressed and uh sometimes as we know with our current unfund- underfunded system we try the hardest for people to find the best help they can but at times that can be very challenging and sometimes people don't have the energy. And sometimes it's very sad if you have a loved one who is in that situation, because unless the person is a danger to themselves or others, really, they they have to reach out for that help. Although now there are more Things where you could at least call and educate yourself and be ready with all the information, which is something we encourage family members and loved ones to do: find out information.
0: But that's, you and you and I talked on the break a little bit about, yeah.
1: you know, how
0: how can people who aren't experiencing or who've never have experienced any mental health issues yes. talk and and be supportive yes. of you know friends and family and exactly. colleagues who yes. who have some form of mental illness and I think that that's really important because it is it 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 can be
1: scary for someone of course it is and I'm going to mention a few places where there's some great information but also just some general things because for example we run social programs and one of the programs I've been involved with for years which is kind of a behind the scenes invisible program is called building bridges and we have staff and volunteers who connect with people who might be quite isolated socially isolated and uh you know uh (laughs) pre-pandemic we're able to get people were getting out to movies or for coffee or maybe going to an art show and things like that you know finding um issues of common concern and uh, not concern but you know common interests but one thing that people have always said to me who would perhaps be meeting a volunteer in this program is that what they love is that the person they know up front the person's not going to judge them the real- mm-hmm. Or they wouldn't have gotten been through the screening to volunteer for right. us, um, and that they're going to meet them where they're at, and they're going to limit advice giving, you know. And that's because we're all we all have that tendency to to try to give you know advice, and it's because we care so much. Right. But when a person is you know just struggling, especially if they do have some clinical care they need their the people in their lives who are there as friends family members loved ones people in the community you know to to be to be supportive you know it's tough but to kind of just be where that person is at at the time uh not to not to for your for the individual themselves too though to have boundaries and you can't be all things to all people you know you can't sometimes you just but knowing what what you can what you can provide to help help this person help your loved one and there are like even i'm looking here um we have all sorts of if you want to find out more about our halifax dartmouth branch you go to cmha.halifaxdartmouth.ca, halifax but to find information on and I know I don't I know we're on the radio but I'm showing you, showing you some pamphlets to find out about Canadian Mental Health Association all across the country and to see some of the resources. For example, if you go on cmha.ca there are free brochures that you can print and download that are are geared to helping people understand uh, whether you're living with a mental illness or mental health problems, or you're supporting someone, you're trying to cope with things. Like here's one supporting a loved one, grieving, mental illness, mental health for life. Those are all, uh, you know, excellent. Just if you if a person's just Great. to understand a little bit more, um, I would encourage people to go and, and look up those brochures and read through them. It doesn't take very long, but it does give you a person some, understanding of just you know but it's not complicated you think about what what would help you if you were in that situation you know Mm -hmm. and the other is that there is a new um revamped website if you're in nova scotia well you can check it in anywhere but uh that the health authority has with their mental health and addictions program and they did consult with community on this and you can find that at mha.nshealth.ca and um You can also just put in an SHA mental health and addictions. Just they have a lot of information on there that's for um, not only for individuals who might be seeking help and trying to get an assessment or finding out what supports they can receive. There are free mental health apps, but there's a lot of material for individuals supporting a loved one. You can actually find resources. A lot of people don't know about that. And I know it's sometimes I'm sure some of your listeners will say, well, I tried to get help there and I didn't. But um, I know there are other people may not have heard about this like it's it's we continue to advocate for more care for higher uh, funding for (laughs) mental health and addictions care, but that we need to share things like that, where there are some really great online uh, online tools. Oh,
0: my golly. Absolutely. So I want to be we're almost out of time. But I, before we we close, I wanted to ask you for people who are not aware of the services that you can provide yes. and are and have, you know, are, are suffering with some mental health issues or yes. some mental health illness. How can what kind of things can you help them with? In, in yes. like 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, we can. Well, at, at our organization, we can help direct people to the right resources. And we also provide social programs for individuals uh, who are feeling isolated and living with mental illness and mental health problems. Also, don't forget, you can always call 211 24 hours a day to find out about health and social services in Nova Scotia. The Mental Health and Addiction Central Intake Line is 1-855-922-1122. That's for the Health Authority and the IWK in Nova Scotia. And the Provincial Mental Health and Addictions Crisis Line, 24 hours a day, seven days a week is one 888 429-8167. 429-8167. And once again, I'm Mark Murray. You can look me up at CMHA, Halifax, Dartmouth.ca or call me at 902-455-5445.
0: Oh my gosh. This has been such a great pleasure. And I'm so happy that you've got, I know that you're super busy. Um, yes. My
1: final question for you
0: is what makes you sparkle?
1: What makes me sparkle? Well, <laughs> um, you know, I guess it's when I do see people who have struggled and have been alone, feeling valued and connected in our community. I know that may sound a little cheesy but it really is it just brings so much joy to my heart you have no idea i'm the
0: queen of i'm the queen of cheesy so that sounds absolutely <laughs> absolutely perfect to me i i absolutely love it and and just to know that you know that you're you're making a difference yes and, and
1: thank you I, and we have many community partners too that we know that what we have may not be for everyone we are you know we know many community partners out there who are providing uh, services and uh if we don't have what you're looking for we might be able to direct you to Google. will and it, it all
0: starts with the phone call it does and yes, reaching indeed. out indeed. And, and taking that time so for anyone who's out there who is struggling who does feel that they could use some support there is support out there for you and we'll put mark's information there we'll put cmhc and the numbers that you gave so yes. they'll be they'll be accessible yes. on and, and I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: And I will send you our provincial office number two, because uh, they uh, they do serve the whole province of Nova Scotia. All right.
0: So and always up. have faith. That's that's a okay. that, that's that's right. big thing.
1: Hope Thank is you. important.
0: Yes, it All absolutely right. is. Love Thank me. you so much, Mark. It's been wonderful having you here. You're yes. listening to CIOE 97.5 FM. And remember to quote and do something that makes you sparkle today and every day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now, everyone.